our talent night, so don't miss to come back for that and invite somebody. If you've never been, it's always a good time and uh, opportunity to invite someone to a service that's not a normal one, as, as this was today. We're so glad we've got visitors here this morning, and we're, we'll make you feel welcome. I want to I wanna give a message that's been on my heart for a long time, and I've just been waiting for the right time to preach it. And right before I get into it, if you'll get your Bibles to 2 Corinthians, you can get ready. I want to talk to you a little bit from my heart as we're in this transition right now. And uh, the first thing I want to say is, is uh, thank you for everybody that's um, helping in any way, uh, praying, showing up. You know, sometimes, um, sometimes it's more of a blessing when people don't show up than when they do. Amen? I don't say that in a mean way, but there's things to be done and sometimes people can get there and not have anything to do and feel like they can't do anything. So there's a time coming where everybody will be able to do something and that's in the move. Can I get a better amen? I know no one likes moving and it seems like every time we move it's summer, whether it's here or our house, it always seems to be summer, but we'll, have, we'll need help there and we'll need help when we're going to do a deep clean on that new building from corner to corner to get all the dust off of everything that's been stirred up from the work. But God is doing great things over there. Um, many things to tell that I won't tell this morning, but the transition is going well. I still am believing by faith that two weeks from today we'll be having church there. That's by faith, amen. Uh, we're hoping that next Sunday will be our last Sunday here. And uh, I believe we're on, on pace for that and on track for that. But you know, there is a lot to be done still, but I believe this week's really going to pick up with some good uh, building being done. And so uh, just keep praying for that and uh, believing and, 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 and covering that place in prayer. Amen. And I want to ask, uh, you know, we've been a church for nine years now. I want to ask a mature question or ask them make a mature uh, re request to everybody. Uh, we've been in church long enough now to know that I'm going to be leaving to Mexico tomorrow to preach a conference this week. And we're a mature enough church that we don't care who's preaching we're coming to hear the word of God and they're not coming for me, but you're coming to church to worship the Lord. So I'm uh, a lot of times in the past, I haven't told people when I'm going to go away, but I want to tell you because I need your prayers and I want everybody praying for me this week. So I want to ask right now, uh, first and foremost, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand on this, but that you'd make a decision that uh, Wednesday and Sunday, you're going to be here like you would any other service and you're going to support those that are preaching and we're going to have great attendance and I believe that it'll be even better than when I am here because everybody knows this church is not built on me. Amen. This church is built on Jesus. Amen. So how many without raising your hands would just agree with me on that and say this is I'm coming to church for the right reason. I know we're mature enough for that. Amen. Thank you for that one lonely hand, Dwayne. I appreciate it. Amen. No, I didn't ask you to raise hands. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But he raised it so I get him credit for it. Um, but on that, I do want to ask something very, very serious and very important. Um, if you would pray this week, I, I, I didn't have time to make a chart, but I believe we can cover this. I want to pray not only for myself and for God to anoint me and to protect us as we're, we're traveling and all that, but I want to pray for the conference. Uh, many of you know Pastor Fuentes and his family and beautiful family and uh, all the great works that's going on in Mexico and the blessing that I'm going to have to be, to literally take in my hand that offering physically and hand it to them that we're going to give today um, by the by the means of food. Um, but I want I want people to be praying around the clock for myself and for the conference. So I do want to ask how many of you would be in, in, and would say I will pray. First, I want to see that. Let me see your hands. I will pray this week. Okay, I will pray. And then and as, as you raise your hands, um, you know, we can figure something out. But I'd, I'd like you to try, try to uh, make, a, make a time every day that you'll say you'll pray. Say, I'll pray at this time every day. You know, the Holy Spirit can orchestrate that it's going nonstop. In the past, we've done where everybody's filled in a half an hour or something. But I believe by the Holy Spirit, we can, we can fill it up. And just be praying heavily all week for that conference. Because it's an entire nation that we're affecting over there. And, and Mexico is a big country. And uh, we have a lot of Mexicans in our church, and it's a, it's a great harvest field just, just straight south from here. And uh, that conference touches thousands of people, 
We have uh, probably about 10 to 15 churches that will be there and all their pastors and all their uh, people that go to their churches to come in just like we do in October to receive, to be able to go back out and, and minister to Mexico. So I'm just asking that from my heart that you would pray this week heavily and every day and just keep us in your hearts and your mind so that God will move mightily. Amen. And, and I want to get into this message in just a second, but I, I want to give a quick testimony. And this is another reason why I need your prayers and, 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 and honor your prayers. I was not going to say anything. God is my witness. Had an accident this week. But as I was sitting here this morning, I was talking to Pastor Dylan. I felt like God was impressing upon me to brag on him because we need to, we need to brag on him in, in the bad times as well as in the good times. So we were working out there and cutting some steel down. And uh, I was using a metal grinder and it bounced back on me and caught my arm and took a humongous gash out of my right arm, which is why I look kind of weird not using in this hand. So uh, God, God gets the glory, though, because um, it's about a four and a half inch gash out of my arm. And I was using the grinder, which is a disc, if anybody's ever seen those. And it did have protection on it, but it just caught me the right way. And I think when it hit, your first reaction is to grab it. You know, that's just what your, your reaction does when something's coming at you. And uh, hindsight, it would have moved out the way, although I was on a ladder. So that would have been difficult, too. So I tried to grab it, and it just went right into my arm. So as soon as it happened, my dad was there, thank God, wasn't by myself. Grabbed some paper towels, pop, popped it on there, and we headed to the emergency room. And I was praying on the way for one thing. I was just praying that I did not hit my bicep. I just was thinking the whole time, if I hit my bicep, it's bad. You know, major surgery, major therapy, all these different things. So that was my first prayer. And God, God is my witness and my dad as well. My other one was anger that I got hurt, not because I, of the pain or anything else, but because I was not going to be able to work like I want to work. So I was really frustrated. You know, how, how many of you ever hurt yourself and you're more mad about that than you are about the actual injury? It's like the time and the things and all those, right? So we're on our way and uh, get to the emergency room and I get there and I walked up and, you know, I'm, I'm bleeding pretty bad and it's pretty open gash and um, I just went to the guy and said open the door please and you know how many have ever been to an emergency room that's good that a lot of you haven't praise God because I haven't been there a whole lot myself this might be the first time actually that I can think of uh, what's your name can you open the door please how many how many y'all following me I, my, my arm is open you know I'm like what is an emergency room for this guy's trying to get my digits, you know, he's trying to get to know me and I'm trying to get in and get my arm closed up, you know. So I said, can you open the door, please? And I was insistent that he finally sent a nurse over and then he wouldn't even let me go in the door. He's like, stay there. So I'm standing there. He wouldn't let me walk in and he's going to get a gauze and all that stuff. And so he finally helped me at the door. He wouldn't even let me step inside. And so he finally gauzed it up. And then I went over and gave him my information. And then it took like a half an hour sitting in the waiting room for them to get me in. So I don't know what they consider an emergency. I guess if my head was cut off, maybe they'd have got me in quicker, but I considered it pretty bad. But as we're sitting there in the emergency room and I'm praying, I'm saying, God, I want to, you know, give us a good nurse. Give me a good nurse and give, get, you know, let everything be nothing serious because you just don't know when it happens, you know. You're in shock and everything. So we get in there, and uh, one thing that happened was, some would know, some would, don't, don't, doesn't matter. The nurse that attended me, used to come to this church and hasn't been here for a while. So I first, you know, all the way there too, I'm saying Romans 8.28, Romans 8.28. I always tell people that, you know, you got to believe that God works all things together for good. So I thought, I know you. And he came in and attended to me and helped me and cleaned out the wound and everything. And then the other thing was, I prayed that, again, that my bicep wasn't hit and it wasn't an artery or anything. So thank God um, it wasn't. Could have hit an artery, could have hit a tendon, could have hit my bicep. I I have pictures that it, it just was by a hair. I don't even know how small the area could be that didn't hit, but it literally just didn't swipe my bicep at all. Thank God. And so the other thing was, the guy came in from the emergency room and he says, I'm going to have to, pro we're probably going to have to do surgery. Because I had a bunch of pieces of the disc in my arm. I'm not trying to gross you out, but um, so he, I'm like, God, I don't want to have surgery. You know, I'm, I've never had surgery yet, the major surgery. So I'm like, I don't want to have surgery. So I start praying again. And uh, then all of a sudden, he's, I'm going to go get somebody. So here's the thing. Here's the, here's the testimony out of all that. The great thing. On call and at the hospital at that moment was a surgeon of 34 years who was not doing anything at that moment. 
who was able to come look at me. And as soon as he walked through the door, he said, good news. I said, good. He said, I can cut all that out right now. So he literally kind of did surgery on me, on me in the emergency room right there. He cut out a bunch of the pieces, and I didn't have to have surgery. So I just looked at all the good that came out. It could have been my bicep, could have been my tendon, could have been my artery, could have been something a lot more serious. And so I just wanted to testify in God that he had everybody there that needed to be there. Uh, I got 22 stitches and some inside. I don't know how many. So it's a pretty big, pretty big cut. And I'll have a nice war, war story later. Amen. So, but I wanted to brag on God and his protection. That's why I need your prayers. The devil's mad at us. I don't, I'm not trying to blame the devil, but the devil's mad at us for moving. It's always going to be an attack when we're doing something good. All of us are being attacked in different ways. So what do we need to do? We need to pray. Okay, we need to stay on our knees in prayer for each other. Amen. For the church and for the move. So let's look at this message. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. I want you to read this with me. And uh, I really began to think about this being the right time for this message that I've had in my heart for quite a while. Because the gospel, you know, as we're coming off this revival, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, the gospel is preached <clears throat> by us. How many... How many evangelists do I have in here? Let me see your hands. I'm going to wait. How many evangelists in here do I have? All right, now nudge the person next to you and tell them you're supposed to be raising your hand. We're all evangelists. All of us. We're all evangelists. God, God Jesus told us in the Great Commission, go and preach the gospel. And he said, those who believe in my name... They'll cast out demons, they'll lay their hands on their sick, and, and they'll speak with other tongues. And he said, that's, that's for those who what? Believe. Doesn't say those who are called to be pastors or called to be evangelists or called to be other things. Amen. It's, it says in the Bible, we are called to be, go and preach the gospel. Amen. Now, I want you to realize this morning that the gospel will not get preached if you and I don't open our mouths somebody's going to go, I'm going to be serious for a second, somebody's going to go to hell because we don't open our mouths. I, I'm sorry to put that responsibility on you, but it's the truth. We are God's, and if you want to write this down, we are God's vessels. All of us. If you signed up to be a believer, if you said, I'm going to give my life to Jesus, he did not ask you if you want to be a vessel. You are a vessel. You are now God's chosen man or woman to spread the gospel to other people. And if we don't take that seriously, and if we mess around with this thing, and we don't take it the way God wants us to take it, there are people who are just going off the cliff right now that we could save if we would understand that I'm a vessel. Okay? Now look what 2 Corinthians 4 says, verse 7. This is really, really important to look at. He says that we are vessels... And we are treasure. How many could, could believe that this morning, that we're God's treasure? He says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Say this, it's not about me, it's about God. Okay, how many know that your life would be different if you'd realized that this morning? It's not about me, it's about God. If our lives, if, I've always said this, if our lives would begin to revolve around God instead of us revolving God around our lives, we would see the things in our lives that we want to see. We would, we would have a, a revelation of, from God of what he, he's calling us to do. We've got to make him first in everything. We've got to understand that he's called me now and now I'm a, I'm a, I'm a vessel that he can use but I've got to understand that I, I have to work on my vessel to make sure that it is the way God wants it to be so that it can reach the people God wants it to reach. We, you know, we're, we're a church here this morning that's so blessed as we're celebrating International Potluck Sunday to have so many nations represented in here. To, to have so many races and colors and sizes and, 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 and backgrounds and jobs and upbringings. I challenge you this morning as I'm giving this message to learn to get to know people. Learn to care about people. And I mean learn to sit down. I want to challenge you this morning at this moment that when we go to eat, don't sit in your clique. Give me a better amen. 
Don't sit with the same people you always sit with. Find somebody that you don't know. Find somebody you've never sat with. Find somebody you've never had a conversation with and sit down and have a conversation. I know that's hard for some people. I know that's a struggle. That's why it's a challenge. Okay? If, you, if, you don't, if it's not a challenge, it'd be easy. Anybody could do it. I'm challenging you to, to make it in your mind to say, I'm going to sit by somebody new today. Every time we go to conference, I tell our people, don't sit with our people. Go get to know somebody else. Go sit down with someone you don't know. Get out of your comfort zone and talk to somebody that you don't know. And you'll be amazed. You might have something in common with them. You, you, and if you'll sit down and listen, you'll, you'll begin to learn that person. And you might have a, something you could help them with. Something you could learn from them. Amen. We need to be people who learn from each other because we, you might be going through something this morning that somebody you're going to sit with is going through and they might have already gone through it and have an experience or vice versa. And iron sharpens iron, the Bible says. But we've got to realize that we're vessels. And when we realize that, we need to be people who study people. We need to learn how to, how to get to know each other. And here's what I want to get at. I'm going to, I'm going to I have this water up here for a reason. I'm going to tell you something about it in a second. But we are, this morning, and this is the thing I've been waiting on for a long time. It's, it's nothing deep here. But we are containers of God's glory. Okay? This bottle has one purpose and one purpose alone. To hold water. Okay? I know that's deep. That's all this thing does. Its purpose is to hold and contain the water that's in it. And how many know that a water bottle is real important? Okay, think about this. Sometimes we don't do what God's called us to do because we don't think we're important. See, a bottle of water doesn't look like anything special. A bottle of water is just a simple bottle of water. It's, 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 it's not a soda. It's not a flavored drink. It's not Gatorade. It's not coffee. It's not tea. You know, a lot of times when you go to eat or you're at a restaurant, there's nothing. You know, I, it's funny when we go sometimes, the, the waitress will come around or the waiter will come around. You know, they get their money off the bigger drinks. They, they want you to order a beer or alcohol or whatever. And, and so we always, 90% of the time, order water. And I always tell the waiter or waitress, I'm sorry, we're boring. We're just ordering water, right? Water's boring. Water's not flashy. Water's not exciting. But without it, you can't live. And we need to understand it's not about being flashy or exciting or pretty. It's about being what God called us to be and being the container of the ingredients that is God that changes lives and, and gives hope to the hopeless. Amen. There's something in water that nothing else on the earth can do. There's something in us, nothing on the earth can fill, but what's in us. We are earthen treasures, earthen vessels. Now I'm going to get to this in a second. I want you to look quickly to Romans chapter 8. Just go over there to Romans chapter 8. We're real close there. Verse 11. I mean, amen when you get there. Very powerful verse here. I want you to begin to take this personal this morning. I want you to begin to realize that God has done so much for us. And as you're getting there, I want to I throw something else out. As we we're, as were at the hospital, my dad mentioned something that really, really hit me. And any of you that have ever hurt yourself or cut yourself or, you know, any, anything that's painful, um, we tend to just go inward and ouch and, woe, you know, me and, and, and just think about ourselves. And especially when you're in the emergency room and, and you need help, you know. And so he mentioned to me as I'm sitting there holding my arm with a big hole in it. Think, he, th he said, think about Jesus. And if you, if, you know, if you haven't had, once you have an injury, you re it really makes you think. If you've ever cut something open or really had a, a really bad injury, I, start, I started to think about my arm and how much that hurt and how how jagged it was and not trying to be gross and it wasn't it wasn't a clean cut i also thank god i wasn't using a saw might have lost my arm because it would just been but at the same time as he said that i began to think that disc tore pieces of my arm up and i thought jesus think about what jesus went through i, I had this horrible thing happen to my arm that was very painful and i began to think as he said that you know jesus th that that right there was a whole bunch of times on his back where flesh was just torn from his back 
And Jesus had no hope of an emergency room. Jesus had no hope. See, as I sat there and time went by and I was in pain, I knew at some moment they were going to call me in, they were going to clean me out, they were going to stitch me up, and I was going to be better. What hope did Jesus have? Every time they tore into his back, every time they ripped his beard out, his hope was the end. All he had to hope for was for it to be finished. And sometimes we can think about that and really bring it into perspective that we don't thank God enough for what he's done for us. Don't make it some kind of just story that sounds good, but really put yourself in God's shoes to realize the pain and agony he went through for us. We are thankful for that this morning. Amen. Thankful for the blood. Thankful for the suffering. You know, the Bible says that he was unrecognizable. And that, I'm saying that because he did all that for us so that we could contain his glory in us. So that we could be treasures, so that we could be vessels for him. He paid the price and all he's asking us to do is be his containers, to be his vessels. So Romans 8, 11 says, if the spirit of him, and we really need to believe this, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells where? In you. He who has raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your what? Mortal bodies. That means life here on this earth. Through his spirit that what? Finish it with me. Dwells in you. That's a sobering thought this morning to think that the spirit of God dwells in us in this vessel the bible says in first corinthians that we are uh, vessels that we are the temple of the holy spirit and we have this morning we have what this world needs have you have you realized that this morning maybe we get so busy in life that we possibly forget we have what the world needs and you say no not me that's somebody else yes you 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 and i how many know that sometimes what holds up the gospel from moving is you and me? Come on, give me an amen. It's true because we think, what do I have to give? Well, I'm telling you in the Bible, here's some verses that you have a lot to give. Who's telling you that you don't have anything to give? The enemy. Why? Because he knows your potential. Because he knows what you can do with your life. Because he knows that he can use anything. If he can use a donkey, he can use me. Amen. Remember that he used a donkey. So if he used a donkey, he can use me and you. There's, and there's nothing that God cannot use, but it's beyond just accident. He actually chose. He actually chose us to be his treasures, to be his earthen vessels, to be his containers. Okay? His containers of who he is. Now, let's go quickly over to John chapter 4. And I want to read a very familiar verse. And I want to mention something this morning that's very important. For us to understand in our walk. John chapter 4. And we've read this a couple times in the last few months. But it's really important for this message. When the, wom the woman's at the well. Jacob's well. The Bible says the well is deep. She's, he's getting a drink. She's drawing water from the well. As we're getting there, this is another thing that for us today in our life, it's really hard for us to grasp sometimes the Bible. Because we don't have to go to a well to get water. We just go to the sink. We just grab a bottle of water. We just buy a 24-pack. We just buy a 36-pack and, and, and just keeps getting, you know, 36 for two bucks nowadays. It just, it's, not, it's not hard for us. So we don't really understand the, the price that's paid uh, for us to just get a bottle of water when we know around the world there's places that don't have even clear, clean drinking water. So we can take that for granted. But we have this morning this bottle of water which, which is physical for our bodies that's life can't live without it. But we, we don't realize that spiritually we have what the world is looking for. Okay, now I want you to grasp this and be honest. How many in here, let's see honest hands, how many in here love drinks that aren't water? Tea, Cokes, anything, right? Okay. Most people, there's very few people in the world, and there are, obviously, that just don't even like any. They just, their first choice is water. 
we know we need to drink water. We know it's good for us. But a lot of times, if we had our choice, we would drink. I love coffee. I love sweet tea. I love, I love soda. I love all kinds of things. But I know I got to drink water. The problem is, is, is how many know if we keep drinking things that are not water, we're eventually going to be in trouble. You're going to get kidney stones. You're going to have pain. You're going to have lots of things go on. You've got to drink water. And today, what I feel like is a lot of times we're, we don't do it on purpose, but we're offering the world soda. We're offering the world coffee. We're offering the world um, a fruit drink. We're offering the world, sometimes even at our best maybe, we're offering a good flavored water. We're, we're offering something that's almost right and almost water, but we've got to throw a little something in there so it tastes good. You know, the gospel has never been meant to be flavored. Come on, somebody. The gospel's been meant to be preached. You just preach it. You just speak it as it is. And, and you, have to, you have to just let it, let it go in truth and in love. But I think today, several years ago at conference, I did a message that had to do with water. It was a different direction. But I had a big bottle, two liter bottle of, of Orange Crush on, on the stage. And, you know, that, that looks good and tastes good. But how many know, watch this, the more thirsty you get, the less, the less good Coke looks. The more dry your mouth gets the more good water looks. And I believe that right now we're in a world in general that is just searching and begging for some water. They're begging and searching for some true gospel love, some true gospel truth, and that they can drink it and they can be satisfied. But the world and the church in general is just throwing out soda and tea and coffee and it tastes good and it's wet and it quenches your thirst for about one second, but then you're thirstier after you drink it. How many of you have been really thirsty and you drink anything but there wasn't water around and you just got something wet in your mouth, but you became more thirsty? So I think that that's what's happening. We've got to understand, I am the container of the truth this morning. Okay? Now watch this. Look at John chapter 4. He says in verse 10, If you knew the gift of God, and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. I mean, sometimes we don't even grasp who's giving us this water. We don't even understand how powerful it is that the God of the universe wants to fill us up with something that the world cannot give. And it gives us true living water. She goes on to say in verse 11, the well is deep. Where do you get this living water? And I believe that's a question the world's asking, maybe not in that uncertain term, like, hey, where do I get Jesus at? The world's not saying that. Hey, where do I find Jesus? But they're searching for it. They just don't know what it's called. Do I have anybody in here that, that didn't always, did, that wasn't born saved? Do I have anybody in here that wasn't born saved? Okay, all of all raise hands there too. Amen. You come from something, you begin to realize, man, God has brought me out of some mess. I really was messed up. I really was, was going to hell. I was really in trouble. But you didn't realize it. You didn't know it until somebody preached the gospel to you and you all of a sudden realize something you've been your whole life. Now you know I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. I need a savior. I, 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 need, I need hope. And so they, they might not know it's called water. They might not know it's called Jesus, but they're looking for it. She says, where do you get this from? Where do you get this living water? She says, you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well? And Jesus said in verse 13, whoever, I love that, whoever drinks of this water will what? Thirst again. So even the water, they'll thirst again. Even real good water. But God promises us that we are vessels of something that they will not thirst again for. Read on with me. Whoever drinks of this water that I shall give will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become, this is powerful, will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Amen? Water that will spring up and flow out of us. 
How many know we need to get to a place where we're living our lives and Jesus is flowing out of us? Flowing out of us. He's just coming out. We're, we're so full of him. We're so in love with him. He's coming out of us. And, and, and as we talk, Jesus comes out. As we, as we think, Jesus is resonated. As we, as we talk to someone even about just life, power of God, love of God, healing of God just comes out of us. How many want to get to that place? Why, why don't we sometimes? Here's why. Because this bottle is only good, and here's the title of the sermon, if I take the lid off. I got to take the lid off. Water looks great. But if I don't take this lid off, what good does it do? You'll get it in a second, don't worry. Take the lid off. What good does this do me? If I can't open it, and I can't drink it. You know what we do a lot of times? Hey, here's Jesus, but don't open him. Here's some water, but you can't, here, here's some water, but you can't open it. Just hold it. We're kind of halfway, get back. We're kind of halfway, halfway do it, right? Don't we do that sometimes? We, we kind of sort of present it, but we say, you can't have it though. You can't drink it. We kind of give a half thing. We've got to take the lid off. But here's some things that I think, I'm going to begin to close here. Here's some things that I, be, I think cause us to keep the lid on. Okay, now the more I hold this, you know that I, can't, I don't like drinking in front of people. It's like a, I don't know, some people don't care. Like when I'm preaching, I, I get thirsty. I, it's just very embarrassing to drink in front of everybody. But today I'm going to do it. So I'm going to make you thirsty. Some of you cheated and had water. That's smart. Sometimes you're about this part of the service. And you've already done praise and worship, and you drank coffee before you came, and about this part of the service, you're starting to swallow a little heavy. So as I walk around with this water, it looks really good. Right? It looks good. And so the thing we have to do is we have to take the lid off. Here's some things that keep us, if you want to write them down. Things that I feel the Spirit gave me that keep the lid on. Fear. I've got a few verses I'll throw out to you real quick on fear. There's no fear in love, 1 John 4.18, but perfect love casts out fear, 1 John 4.18, because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us, most of you know this one, a spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and of sound mind. A lot of times we don't open the lid, we don't take the lid off. How many are following me so far that we are this, whether you, whether you believe it or not, we're this? This is us. We're a vessel. We contain the answers to life in us. The, the Bible said, if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me, it will quicken my mortal body and his spirit will dwell in us. Okay, so how many, how many are with me on that? You have to at least get there. This is you. You accept Christ, you're a vessel. Okay, this is you. This is, this is me. We, ha we have to get this water to the world. Our job is to be the container. But what good am I if I don't take the lid off? What good is this bottle of water? As clear as it is, it could be the most processed. Somebody could come up here and scientifically tell us the most amazing way some scientists could tell us all the things they do. Reverse osmosis and all kinds of things to get this water the most clearest, most out of a spring, most amazing, most best tasting water in the world, which we have in us, but it does no good if the lid stays on. So we're walking around with the answer to the world with the lid on. We're not giving the water to anybody. We'll just have it. So the world might even know we have it, but we're not giving it to them. And so one thing we do is fear causes us to keep the lid on. I'm afraid to talk to somebody. I'm afraid they'll reject me. I'm afraid they won't listen to me. I'm afraid they'll, they won't believe me. I'm afraid, and that's what we do. We're afraid, we're afraid, we're afraid. And it's kind of like why we don't, why, why we do, but why people don't pray for the sick. Because what if, what, if, what if God doesn't heal them? We don't pray for the, people don't pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit anymore. Why? Because what if they don't get filled? I heard a crazy uh, story last week where we were at this, at this, at this conference to, to learn some things for, uh, about uh, organization and stuff inside our fellowship and stuff. And, and I heard this crazy statement, and, and no one knows the church, so it doesn't matter. It's a big church. But they said, this is crazy, they, they don't teach on the baptism of the Holy Spirit anymore 
because the pastor one time did a teaching for about a month on it. And he led up and he did all the verses. And so he did like Sundays and Wednesdays, Sundays and Wednesdays. And then on one Wednesday night, they were going to pray for all the people that need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. 1,100 people came forward to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's amazing. Okay? Amazing. 1,100. And the pastor goes on to say that only 900 got filled with the Holy Spirit. Only 900. And so his thought was, um, he said, and listen, I'm quoting him. He said, it was the greatest mistake I've ever made in my ministry because 200 people went home without it. That's the mentality that people have. We are not the Holy Spirit. We are not who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. We are just containers of the Holy Spirit. And we're supposed to do what God calls us to do. And then God will do what he's supposed to do. Don't try to explain everything. Don't try to say, well, what if someone doesn't get healed? What if someone doesn't get baptized in the Holy Spirit? Because I'm thinking 9 out of 11 is a real good number. Amen. That's a lot. But can you see how the devil can put a twist on that? Well, let's never do it again. Well, what about, so, so they're focused on, and I get it, I get it. They're focused on the 200 that went away, had questions, didn't know why, wondered why. Hey, this church is full of people who didn't get baptized in the Holy Spirit the first time they prayed. They kept praying and they got it. Some are still praying. But does that mean we just stop? Pray for the sick and five people get healed, three don't, we stop praying because three didn't get healed. Well, what about the five that got healed? What about the 900 that got baptized in the Holy Spirit? We focus too much on what doesn't happen instead of what does happen. We do that in our lives. Well, I, I, I open, it, hopefully we do this, I opened my mouth 12 times this week. I, I, I tie witness 12 times this week and only one person got saved. That's good. It's a numbers game. You got to throw seeds out there. You got to do what God's called us to do. Paul said, some sow the seed, some give water, but God gives the increase. It's God's job to build the church. It's God's job to get people saved. It's God's job to do everything. We are just the container, but we've got to take the lid off so that God can do his work. And if fear's there, I won't do it. Here's another one. Doubt. 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 Killer. These are, good, these are cousins. Fear and doubt. First cousins. Matthew 21, 21 says, Jesus answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what has, has been done to this fig tree, but you will also say to the mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. And it says, it will be done. You know what we need to do more of? Belief. You know what we need to do less of? Doubt. More belief, less doubt. More faith, less fear. That helps us to start taking the lid off. It helps us to start opening the bottle so that what's in this bottle, what's in us this morning, can actually do what it was made to do. Is anybody following me this morning? James 1.6, but let him ask in faith without doubting for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. And then John, Jesus said in John chapter 7, verse 38, He who believes in me, as the scripture says, out of his heart, out of his, sorry, his belly, sorry, will flow rivers of living water. Rivers of living water. Who's that for? All of us. Who has rivers of living water flowing out? All of us. But why aren't they flowing sometimes? How, how come the Bible says that rivers of living water will flow out us, but we don't see what we think we should be seeing? Why? The lid's on. Right? Open your mouth and give you a drink. See? See? What, is good, what good is it? Simple. Simple illustration, but very true. We've got to take the lid off. We have what this world needs. I'm praying for my neighbor. You have what your neighbor needs. Praying for my loved ones. You have what your neighbor needs. Nothing else. You don't need to do anything else. Well, what if I say the wrong thing? Well, what if I... Stop worrying about what you're saying. Stop worrying about what you're... Just be you. Let God work through you. And understand that you're the, you're the vessel. But you've got to take the lid off. 
so the water can do what the water's supposed to do. Amen? I can't move my arm up real good right. Can you just pop that off for me? Thank you. Mm. Taking advantage of what I hate to do. Thirsty? No? A little bit? A little bit? Tastes good. This is what we do a lot of times too. Mm. We walk around with the bottle. We walk around with the truth. Mm. Isn't God good? Mm. God has been so good to me. How many are following me? God has been so faithful. That's good. That's good that you're saying that. Man, God, God loves me so much. Mm. This isn't just for me. This is for this is for me to give. Free life given, freely you should give. Right? Freely you receive, freely you should give. He gives, we should give away. We've got to get to where we understand there's another bottle. God can fill it up. Well, if I give it out, what, what, what about me? He'll fill it up. The Bible says that out of your bellies will flow rivers of living water. But watch, this can't flow if this lid's on. Can't flow. Got to take the lid off. Here's another thing, insecurities. Insecurities will keep you with your lid on. That can go a long ways, insecurities. I'm just naming a few. There's probably many others. Jealousy. Jealousy will keep your lid on. I, I really, I, I want to hit this for a second. I really believe this is so important. This particular word. I, I, I was thinking about, you know, teams. Teams that make it. Teams that win. Not just in sports, but in life and business and companies. Teams that make it have a we mentality. We, we have to talk. You know, with, with this new transition and people that have come over there and uh, sometimes when you're talking about your church, I think it's important that we talk about our church. Right? We talk about our church. So sometimes we're like, well, when are you guys going to put that in? Or, oh, what are you going to do there? And I said, no, what are we going to do here? Because we need to get the we in there. We need to make sure that we're talking as a team. It's been very interesting to see this owner take ownership of our building and say, we, we should do this. We should do that. That means that he's getting involved. He's putting himself in. It would be a different story if he was saying, you should do this and you should do that. And you should put this here and you should put that there. But he's saying, we, we should do that as a church. We should do that as a family. We should do that as believers. We should understand that there's a team aspect and, and all I'm really concerned about and all you're really concerned about is that the end result happens, right? That God's gospel gets preached, that lives get changed, that people get healed. We don't care about who gets the glory for it. We don't care about whose name's on the, on the, on the list. We don't care about any of that stuff. How many are following me? It's just about that, that we get the job done, right? That it doesn't matter if somebody's excelling then we don't have a spirit of jealousy that says, oh, I wish I was doing that, or I wish I could do that, or I wish that was me. That's, not the atti- that's an attitude that will keep the lid on and will not allow the rivers of blessings of God's flow to flow through your life. Jealousy is dangerous. Okay? Strife and envy, that goes in the same place. But we've got to understand that there's things that are going on in our lives. And here's another one, anger. Anger. Right there was good, the lid was on. Huh. Anger. Bitterness. Some people live their lives just mad. Amen? We need, we need to come to the altar and say, God, give me the joy of the Lord. Let me understand that I'm saved, that I'm, I should be happy, that I should be free, I should be joyful, not angry. And there's moments, the Bible says we can get angry and sin not. So we can get angry at a moment, but then you don't stay angry. I mean, you know, some people stay angry all the time. They're like 90% angry, 10% not angry, not even happy. Amen. It's like, let me give you some joy juice. 
Right? Some people, we need just to pour it on them. Take the lid off and pour it on them. Here's another one. Unforgiveness. Powerful. Powerful lid. I mean, know that the Bible even says, I can't pray and have my sins forgiven or have my prayers answered if I don't forgive because he's just hitting the ceiling and popping right back down on me. He says, you can't be forgiven if you don't forgive. So, how many will agree with me again? We're, we're the container. This is all we're called to be. Doesn't matter. See, this says Dasani. Doesn't matter what the label is. We're, we're Victory World Outreach. We're a church. We're a fellowship. There's lots and lots of churches that are doing the right thing. We're one of them. Doesn't matter what the bottle says. It's what's in the bottle. We're the container. He's the water. We just got to take the lid off and let him begin to flow through us. Amen. Let's bow our heads this morning. Father, thank you for, for choosing us, for giving us an opportunity this morning to be part of the kingdom of God. I, I'm praying this morning that some in here that haven't quite realized this yet would realize it. Lord, I, I understand the severity, Lord God, and the seriousness of my call that I, I, I have to do what you've called me to do. I have to answer to you. I have to, I have to let you flow through my life even when I don't want to, even when I get tired, even when I get weary, even when I get angry. I've got to remember that there's, there's a, a living water inside of me that this world needs. And Lord, you want to give this water to the whole world. Now listen closely to this as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed. He wants, God wants this water to get to everybody. He wants every person in the world to drink of the living water. Nobody can argue with that. That's a fact. He wants every single human being in this world to drink. Here's the problem. He chose to use us as the vessels. We are the delivery truck. We are the water bottle. We are the vessel. Can't get around that. God's not going to change his mind. God says, you are my vessels. You are my body embodiment of the truth. You are, are the spirit. You are the temple that I've chosen to use. And if you don't do it, they won't get it. Romans says, how can they believe on someone they have not heard? How can they hear unless someone preaches to them? How can they preach unless they're sent? We gotta go. We gotta go. And I wanna say this to you today as you're, as you're praying and listening to the Holy Spirit. Don't underestimate what God can do through you. Don't underestimate that. Because if you believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, you also have to believe that he said that when you were in your mother's womb, he formed you and set you apart. You also have to believe that he has a hope and an expected end for you. You also have to believe that he can use you. And he wants to use you. It's his, it's his will to use you. So you just got to make the choice today, Lord. I understand I am the container. I understand you are the living water. Just help me take the lid off so that this world can have what you've given me. That's all you got to do. And, and maybe I didn't mention what, what the Holy Spirit's telling you is your lid. There's many other things. Maybe as I'm talking, something, something's speaking to you and the Holy Spirit's saying, this is why your lid's on. This is your lid. And in a few moments, we can take some time to pray. And individually, we can all get that lid off. Because I'm telling you, I know in my spirit, church, God's, God's wanting to do something greater than we're seeing. Not just as a church, but individually. He wants you to be a walking testimony. The Bible says we're a living epistle. We're a living story being written by God. Take the lid off. Take the lid off. Take the limits off, God. Stop saying, I don't think God can do that. We only don't have what we want to have because we limit God. 
As we go to pray in a minute, I want you to take the limits off of God. Well, I don't have the finances. I don't have the ability. I don't have the, the talent. I don't have the words. I don't have, that's limiting God. Stop limiting God. Take the lid off and watch what God can do because it's not about you, the bottle. It's about the water. It's about the contents. It's about the Christ that lives in you, the hope of glory. How many this morning before we pray could be honest with God and say, I understand that God wants me to be a vessel, but you also understand that the way you become a vessel is you give your life to Jesus. You accept him as Lord. You, you give him the key to your heart, to your life, and you say, come in. Maybe that's the thing this morning. Maybe that's the lid. Maybe you're a believer in words, but not in your heart. See, believing in words with your mouth is only half the equation. The Bible says we believe with our heart, but we have to confess, we confess with our mouth, but we have to believe with our heart. Maybe you're realizing this morning, I do believe but I haven't given Jesus the key to my life. I haven't given him lordship. I haven't surrendered. Jesus said, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. How many this morning are not sure that you've done that? Today's the day of salvation. If you don't know for sure, if you're not saved, if you're not born again, you can raise your hand right now. We'll pray and you'll be saved right now. Just put your hand up if that's you. I'm not sure. I need Jesus to come into my life this morning. I need Jesus to be my hope. I need Jesus to change me. I need Jesus to transform me. Now as we move on, if you're saved this morning, maybe you say, I, you know, I realize I'm saved, but I, I, I'm not being the vessel that I know God wants me to be. I know I can do more. Listen, not one of us in here always has the lid off. It'd be rare that anybody in this place would have the lid off all the time. We all at some point put the lid on. The key is not to leave it on very long. Human nature puts the lid on. Human nature doubts. Human nature has fear. Human nature uh, has insecurities. But the key is to recognize it, get the lid back off so that the Holy Spirit can flow. There's desire. I know there's desire in here this morning.